everybody, and welcome to What's Up With That Bro. It's the podcast where we are watching the TV show Lost backwards, in reverse order, from the last episode to the first episode, or as we like to say here, we have to go backwards uh, with one of our hosts, Chad Wago. He's never seen Lost before. Thank you very much, David K. Jones. I, it is true, I never watched Lost until you made me start doing this podcast. <laughs> the other guy who's responsible for me doing this is one of our other hosts, A.J. Nieves. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. We're back in the building. And not only is it us three this evening, or whenever you're listening to this, but we also have another guest, a returning guest, Rebecca Robinson, welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be back. Yeah, well, I'm glad to have you back. So before we even jump into the episode, uh, how have you been? What's been going on? What's new? What's new? I'm just trying to do comedy, living in Denver now, and uh, that, that's about it. Perfect. No, <laughs> I wish I had more to report. No, that's, that's great. That's perfect, because now we can catch you doing comedy here in Hawaii and in Denver. So yes, please. please check out Rebecca Robinson if you guys get the chance. She's great. Please. Well, starting in this week's episode, we're actually doing Season 3, Episode 6, which is entitled, I Do. Uh, general synopsis is, Jack makes a decision regarding Ben's offer. Kate feels helpless when it looks like Pickett is going to make good on his threat to kill Sawyer. Locke discovers a hidden message that may help him unlock the island's secret. Yeah, so that's the general synopsis of this episode. The episode originally aired on November 8, 2006, and then it went into a certain... 13-week hiatus before it came back, yeah. an episode wow. that we just saw. So it was gone for a little bit, so I think they had to like do a lot of button-up stuff in this episode, which you kind of saw. Yeah, just... we had a good cliffhanger on this one. Yeah. Like, imagine seeing... <laughs> I don't even remember this episode. Imagine seeing that you have to wait 13 weeks compared to the appetite that we have now for the way we consume our media. It's just straight... You know, like Netflix, you get all 10 episodes for you know within the season. Like, I think I banged out... Um, a bunch of Netflix stuffs like all in one sitting because um yeah cause I'll do that sometimes yeah. and sometimes I'll stop for like six months. Do you think this show would have been less popular if you could have binged it when it came out? Oh yeah, yeah. I think the show wouldn't have as much of the juice that it had like if you didn't have any time to consider because a lot of the stuff that was happening on Lost was is. It was kind of, it was a lot to digest. And if you had like that one week breathing period, you can kind of take in a lot because the show wasn't simple. I mean, the general themes they had were, were things that we can relate to, but there's so many things going on within the show, Easter eggs to kind of find. And, and, and I guess other things that the writers kind of put in um, that you can kind of do whatever fun research on quotes and books and movies and pop culture and yeah. history that they would throw into the show. So And it was good to have all that time to come up with theories and things and yeah. everyone was on the same page. Yeah. Whereas if you if it all came out at once and we could binge it, we'd all be watching it at different times and trying to not yeah. spoil things and we, all that. We wouldn't give a shit about who Pickett was. Like that you know, like I barely remember him and he already got killed like on the episodes that we already saw. Yeah. So you know, that guy's gone. But, um, but yeah, giving it a chance to kind of breathe, I think it helped it become more of like this pop culture phenomenon that it was back in the early 2000s. But yeah, it's a, I feel that it could have worked better like that. What do you, what do you guys think? I think that uh, people would have been less forgiving about drop plot threads and holes if they were watching it all in one sitting. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. With uh, all the amount of time that you have to like, try and make up theories about why things are you uh, you sort of extrapolate for yourself certain ideas 
where if the show doesn't actually pick up on it, you're kind of okay because there's all this other stuff going on. But if you get fixated on one kind of idea of the way something might go, and then you just watch 20 episodes and you're like, but what about such and such thing? (laughs) Then uh, at the end of it, you're probably going to be very upset and tweet about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's another thing, too. The way that we interact with with the media that we have, we have Twitter, we have means to kind of, I guess, put our instant reactions, our takes, our thoughts, our feelings about whatever material or media that we're ingesting at the time. So I think, yeah, I think it could have, I think it would definitely have suffered in terms if we consumed loss today the way that we had consumed media back then. Because I think it would have been a big show, but I don't think it would have been as big as it was. Because it was kind of... It was weird. It was like one of those last phenomenon shows. The only thing I can think of that came afterwards is maybe Game of Thrones, where it kind of took over the conversation for like years at a time, whenever the seasons were, were popping or whatever. But I can't think of anything close to Lost recently. I know there's a bunch of shows that are like... Yeah, there's a lot of shows trying to be Lost. Yeah. But, yeah. but none are as good. Yeah. You know? And almost all of them are on HBO. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> and then, of course, this is like a... Well, this particular episode was written by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, directed by a guy who had directed episodes for, I think, um, what was it? I think Alias, and then he also did some other episodes and stuff like that. So, like, so like the writing and everything, it's just kind of, you know how those writers kind of get down. It's very mystery box, and a lot of, we still have a lot of shows like that today, and that's kind of like the hook that they try to, they ream everybody in with, uh, which is just a lot of the, that don't you want to know or you know for every question the answer on this show they ask 50 more and they're still doing that now like um like uh you see a lot of that especially in like jj abrams projects like star trek there's a lot of that um even the new collaboration between um stephen king and jj abrams in the new castle rock series on eight on hulu for every question the answer is like another 30 that they throw at you and it's very reminiscent of what they used to do on lost I had to get my castle rock thrown <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but delving deeper into this episode, we get a Kate episode, which is, I don't know, man, it's its alright, I like this episode, and I like this series, but... The I flashbacks think, were weak. The flashbacks yeah. this episode were weak, because they don't give Kate Austin a lot to do. She's just kind of like running from man to man to man to man, and even in her flashback, she doesn't really have any real agency, like she's kind of just... And I don't know, it's, it feels like they did that character dirty when it was, was out. In fact, yeah. there is an article that we were talking about that Chad shared with us about um, uh, Evangeline Lilly's experience with Lost, where she had those feelings, and I think she expressed it to like some of the writers and stuff, saying that like you know, there wasn't much for her character to do but pine after these two men, in which, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't give her more... I guess what maybe what we're more accustomed to seeing in, in today's climate, where there's more women of agency. You have an all-female cast of You like your women to have a backstory and actually have some substance to them sure. rather than just trying to... Yeah. Or at least make choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. And that's great storytelling as opposing to her just being some device, you know? Like, you know, some emotional device yeah. of, like, this is... This is me going to the beats of what it would be like if I got married or something like that, you know. Yeah, because, is... I mean, this this whole back story that we have in this episode where she marries Nathan Fillion, like, we don't really, <laughs> she doesn't really change Captain, at all. What Captain Mal has yeah. mm-hmm. himself. Captain Tight Pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't learn anything in this episode that changes her character at all. She didn't have any kind of a change. 
No. She just has a very bad haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That very first scene where we're watching her walk down the hallway and it's just staring at the back of her head. As soon as she turned around, I'm just like, I don't know if this is a really bad wig or a really bad hairdo, <laughs> but it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> that's, my, that's one of my biggest takeaways from the episode was Kate's hair. I thought it was distracting from the plot completely. Yeah. Like you're just watching her hair going like, what is going, why is this guy falling over and falling well, asleep? <laughs> I think it has something to do with what you were saying in regards to like her actual character. Like they're trying to make her a foo-foo housewife yeah. kind of character. And so they were playing that up in her costume design, mm -hmm. in her hair and makeup, just as this like, I'm a woman. <laughs> make sure they know. Yeah, yeah. That, that it seems like, it seems that way, and it seems like this was a life that she thought she could sustain. I don't know what it was. Like, she thought that this was her answer. Like, you know, she burnt down a house and killed her stepdad or whatever, and she's all like, it's like one of those things where in your mind the fantasy is like, oh, if only I can get to this point, things will be fine. So only if I can, like, get to another place where nobody knows me and maybe find a guy and fall in love and get married. And all those things are seems like she just had like a list of what would make her happy but those are just things and they they there was no real substance there between you know her and the the husband or maybe there was but they kind of painted i don't know how much they can throw in 42 minutes well they weren't really trying yeah like they they played her as someone who's just having things happen to her as opposed to like trying to choose something the only choice that she makes in the flashback is when she's like i'm leaving and even that was something where uh, another guy told her you're just gonna leave anyway yeah yeah that's very true and i think also when she gets that ne the necklace from the mom from the her mother-in-law like during the wedding right before they get married i just i felt like that was kind of out of touch with if you're a bride, <laughs> I feel like you have it all figured out, you know, for your big day. And oh, then yeah. she just gets this random necklace and she's like, oh, it's perfect. Like, I feel like that'd be very, you'd have a necklace right. already. It'd be pre-planned. It was like, yeah. or just kind of a force. Someone was giving it to you. You would have gotten it a while ago. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Did you feel like it was presumptuous of the mother-in-law be like, here, wear my special necklace? Yeah. Like, or anything like that? Well, yeah, I think what you're—I think it goes along with what you guys were saying—is that it was just kind of another thing that was handed to her that is assumed she'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's here's the question: Is that because that's what they thought of her as a character, or because they didn't bother to think of a character? It's mm. a good question. What do you guys think? Like, is she purposely kind of a cipher who things happen to, or is it just lazy writing on the part of the writers? feels like they kind of kept her in that space in the present day, like on island stuff, where she was just kind of floating back between those two bows, right? But, like, um, in the flashback, because like, we've seen other flashbacks where it looks, it seems like Kate does have more agency. Like, she chooses a life for herself, or she's on the run, and then she meets up um, with Cassidy in one of the episodes, and another, another female person you know that i think um had had sawyer's baby if this is the same person right i, I don't know believe if that's the same person yeah. right right so like there's that like so that's that seems fine because then 
there was like a oh that's when they figured out who she is yeah mm-hmm. there's more of like a camaraderie between her and Cassidy which I'd rather see that like more of a more of like a sisterhood thing I don't know if that's no strange. that's good yeah. I mean it's not yeah. strange I think in general women are usually pitted against one another on TV mm-hmm. rather than shown working together so I think that relationship is good because the rest of the show is her being more of like a catalyst right. for things to happen to but in terms of the writing, maybe that was her purpose as kind of the ping pong yeah. table right. <laughs> to, to go off of. What a bad metaphor. Yeah. But <laughs> no, that, we have, we've we've nice. compared her to Juliet's character, who is a much stronger character that wants things and takes action. And so it's like not like they can't do that with a female character, but they just don't do well, it with Kate. I feel like it's kind of... They made her this, her character is to be this uh, runaway, Mm. crazy felon. And so maybe in giving her that label, they think that's enough power Mm. behind her character where they're like, oh, she's a felon. She's running from the law. That's enough for that one woman. And then everything else kind of fell to the wayside in terms of developing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I feel you on that. Like, there was uh, I mean we 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 spend time with this character and we watch it develop over like all, all these all these episodes and stuff like that which there is a change but like for 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 where we're at in this point in the story and and it seems like it went like it went like this even when we saw her later on in, in further seasons even the flash sideways where she was still fighting against those demons where she's basically a runner and um, she doesn't confront any of her issues or she She's not really honest with herself, which is, I thought was awesome. Because, like, um, in the episode, there's that scene where she's at the church and she's getting married. And uh, I guess the priest mentions to her, like, oh, yeah. So, you know, it's one thing that I noticed when he started coming in here with Kevin is that, you know, we just noticed that you're so honest and everything. So, of course, like, the general surface thing is that she's, you know, she's lying about who she is and her name is Monica. But on a deeper level, like, she really doesn't know who she is, and she can't be honest about herself because she doesn't know who she is, really. And that's why she keeps running instead of confronting whatever, you know, whatever these things are. And I guess in a certain way, she can't really confront certain things, because I don't mean she'll be in prison. She's getting picked up by, um, that guy, Edward Mars, or whatever. You know, the, the, uh, FBI agent that was trying to yeah. catch her. Is his name Edward Mars? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's Edward something. It's Edward something, right? Scissor hands. Right? <laughs> you just—it's this is Johnny Depp after he got the hands from Vincent Price <laughs> <laughs> and a different face. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's 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 that going on, but um, we do get a lot of story in this episode. So it's a it's a Kate centric episode. We get a lot of flashback. Well, we get a we get a flashback story with Kate, and we see her dealing with stuff on island. But we also get a chance to check in with some of the lossies. Which to me felt a little bit out of place, but I feel Very. like they they kind of felt like they had to squeeze that in because like oh we're going on this thirteen thirteen week long hiatus we got to show what what the fuck is going on with the other characters. Thirteen weeks is a really long time for us, right? Like That's now, like yeah. over four months. Yeah, because like this one aired in November, and the one that we saw on our previous episode aired in February. Wow. Yeah. So like. I remember, I remember going through those dry spells, like, during the time that the show was airing, and you'd have, like, those mid-season breaks, and I don't remember, I think it was a different time, I probably had more, 
had more of an attention span. I think with my cell phone nowadays, I just, my attention span is like fucking so little. Like, it, Oh, you're not on TV this week? <laughs> no, I'm finding a new show. <laughs> well, fuck this. I have 17 new shows yeah. to, to watch. All commercial free and blah, 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 you know, that stuff. And then when it comes back, I'm like, oh, it's that thing again. I'm like, what was happening on this show? <laughs> but yeah, there's, it seems, it seems like there's, there's a lot of that, but it was, was kind of hard. But like the, the other story that they check in with is um, them burying Mr. Eckle. And we haven't even been introduced to him yet, but we just see his burial. <laughs> what is your take on that so far, what we see at the funeral? Well, uh, the number one thing that I thought is it's weird to refer to someone who you're burying as Mr. <laughs> like, you would think that if it's someone that you're close enough where you're like, oh, we should bury him and say a few words, you would be on a first name basis with yeah. him. Like, for example, if AJ died and we needed to bury him in Dave's backyard, <laughs> I would not go through his funeral calling him Mr. Nevis. I prefer it. I, yeah. I want that in my last will and testament. At my funeral, please refer to me as Mr. AJ. And that's it. Don't even say my last name. <laughs> oh, not even the last name. It's Mr. and your first name. It's just yeah. Mr. and my first name, and we're done. And then leave a couple of flowers, and we're good. But, uh, yeah, the only pers- type of person I can think of doing that with at their funeral would be like a teacher. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's Mrs. Turnblatt's, yeah. you know. Yeah, funeral. it gives him kind of more of like an authoritarian... Mm-hmm. Like a one, a, a one up kind yeah. of. Over. Yeah, it's a step of uh, removal. Yeah, for sure. That is interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, based on what we know about Mr. Echo, which is that he's dead and he black. had a stick he and had a he's stick. black, what, what kind of person do you think he was, Chad? I think that he was uh, designer Mark Echo. Oh. Interesting. Go mm-hmm. on. He likes to cut clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what he is. Uh, I'm going to assume that uh, he was played as like sort of a weird exotic character mm-hmm. that uh, other people were like sort of uh, uh, held like that step of removal from. And also uh, being that he was black on top of uh, being a guy who was removed from the rest of their society and had some stick with messages written <laughs> on it. I'm going to also guess... That he was uh, sort of that uh, uh, magic black guy stereotype. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a prevalent one in Hollywood. The magical Negro. You yeah. see that a lot in like... Um, well, it seems like they had that a lot. Like where there's always... There's an issue where, you know, where the characters are going through something and then he could just turn to like this, this magical black person that would help them. So you see that in like the Green Mile. That kind of falls into that. Or John Coffey was like the magical Negro. There's... Bagger Vance uh, with Will Smith. There's probably a few others, but almost everything with Morgan Freeman. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Morgan that Freeman plays God. He's been typecasted as, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, I think we're. I think as a as a culture now, I think we're. I think people are more aware of that, so we're moving away from it a little bit. And in this climate, people probably wouldn't do that as much. But but yeah, it was it was it was a pretty prevalent <laughs> thing for such a long time. Yeah, the. Uh, Mid and early aughts, I feel like we're the heyday of the magical black man. <laughs> I know. Like, let me teach you how to, you know, swing a golf club and maybe resurrect this mouse or whatever the fuck is going on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of that stuff. I, yeah, I kind of remember that. Um, 
The summary that we read earlier talks about the message that Locke finds would help open up the island's secrets. Which I didn't think was that well pointed yeah. out during the episode. I wrote it down, but I didn't think it would have made the Wikipedia summary. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And it, it was so, it was kind of a throwaway moment. But like, I guess in this moment, they had to, they had to have a big thing for the character to do or want before they went on this fucking hiatus thing or whatever so like for Locke his whole thing is like let's 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 find some messages in the stick but it's a apparently I guess Locke calls it Mr. Echo's prayer stick there's a bunch of scripture written on it yeah and he finds one on there and that scripture is actually Genesis chapter 13 verse wait was that the part that we're supposed to pay attention to? According to that's, the summary. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's kind yeah. of crazy that they put that in there. What, what part did you pay attention to? The the black part. The <laughs> message on there? The uh, look up to the north or whatever? Yeah. Lift up your eyes and look north. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's exactly well that's what that's what the Bible scripture says. Oh, oh, I thought <laughs> there was quote. like I thought yeah, I thought that uh, there was actually just a chapter and verse written down there. And I was just like, wait, I, did, I missed that part. Yeah, no, it's, it was there. And then they have mm-hmm. the quote right next to it. But it said, lift up your eyes and look north or look north. So that's, I guess there's, there, that's the idea where Locke was supposed to be like, I have to go north or north is my calling or whatever. Um, the technical script, well, the technical reading of the scripture, we don't have to get bogged down in this for too long. But uh, it generally says, lift up your eyes and look north. The actual passage reads, now lift up your eyes and look from place, look from the place that you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, perhaps. Um, this is like an indication for where John is supposed to go. But this yeah, scripture... That's a very different meaning when it says, look in every direction. <laughs> right? Yeah, versus, versus look north. north. Yeah, that's what he sees on, the, on, the, on that stupid, you know, yeah. prayer staff. Because he ran out of space. The, a little bit of context on that Bible scripture. That scripture was written... Um, it was supposed to be God talking to Abram before Abram becomes Abraham, which is like, you know, he's the, the beginning of this nation of Israel. But Abram has a nephew who is in, he's close with, which is Lot, and Lot has his wife and family. Essentially, these two family members are, are very close, and they have so much love for each other. But um, as they're moving through the land, they, they start to realize that they're they're getting too big. So there's there's a lot of animals, a lot of livestock. They have a lot of servants. So in order to kind of like um, to have more resources, they decide to split. So I think what happens is Abram gives Lot fresh choice of where he wants to, to go. So he decides to take the well-watered land, which is Sodom. But Sodom is not a place that's supposed to be like worshipers of God. And they, they do all kinds of stuff. But Supposedly Lot goes there, and then that's where that Bible story comes where Lot's wife was turned into a pillar of salt because God ends up destroying Sodom because um, there's just Lot there. But, like, his family is kind of blameless, and they're doing the whole churchy God thing, but everybody else is, like, you know, getting their fuck on and everything like that. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, all this stuff is going down. And so um, I think God comes down with his destruction, destroys Sodom, um, and tells Lot to leave, and he's actually dragged out of Sodom by angels with his daughters and his wife, but his wife looks back, and then she turns into that pillar of salt. Um, but then uh, Abram goes to another part of the land, which I think is in Canaan, and he ends up you know, building up a life there. But he's still kind of, he's, uh, he's still a little withdrawn because he still misses his family member, which is what he has in Lot. But that's the general background of that scripture. But 
totally fucking. I think I went a little <laughs> off the rails here. Let's not get too yeah. intense yeah. with yeah. that. But. So, we, so go northward, yeah. guys. <laughs> so if we apply that to, to Lost, I think that makes Nikki and Paulo the people that get turned into a pillar of salt. <laughs> I suppose so. We get Paulo in this episode. Yeah. I forget the actor's name. But yeah, like we, we see him in the episode at the burial of, of uh, Mr. Echo. Yeah. If we do want to read into that, we can also say like, oh, you know, he that's uh, sort of the precursor to Locke splitting off and going on his own and joining the others. Ah, nice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That where he thinks that he's Abram, but he might really be more Lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. So who would be the Abram in this case, you think? Oh, uh, Jack, I guess? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I suppose so. I could see that because there is that I rivalry mean, he that they ends have. up leading them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, that's 100% yeah. true. That fits. Yeah, well, I like also, that. I think uh, Desmond was there, right? So maybe he's the Abram because, oh. as we all know from the Bible later on, Abram has immunity to electromagnetism. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part of the Bible. Yeah, I loved finding out when Abraham was just all like, "Magnets can't touch me, bitch." Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved when people in the Bible believed in electromagnetism. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool part. Uh, that's the best. I, I also thought it was interesting during this funeral where they're kind of all asking John what happened, and he was like, "I believe he died for a reason," and he says it over and over no. again. Like, what's the reason? <laughs> yeah, they didn't go into that, right? He's like, he died for a reason. It's like, is there a follow-up, yeah. Mister Locke? <laughs> well, it, it's yeah. kind of the show's mo, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the reason was so that Locke could see that that message on his stick. Yeah. And, and then go northward. Yeah, Echo wasn't going to just show him what was written on his stick. <laughs> Wait a minute. Say that again. <laughs> he wasn't going to show him what was written on his stick. Thank you. Now say it slower and in French. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. Voulez-vous <laughs> coucher? That's great. Um, now, yeah. everything is kind of happening for a reason on this show. But it, it makes me wonder if before Locke got to the island, if he was into conspiracy theories. Ah. Where he just starts making up connections and reasons for things happening. Yeah, like that's a that's a big leap. And of course we know that's that's something that's in character for Locke, but like to look at a, a staff and just be like, this way, I'm like, come on bro. Stick told me which way to go. <laughs> <laughs> like a divining rod? No, just like a stick but you know, scrawled on Someone scripture. wrote on it. Yeah. You're like <laughs> somebody had the wherewithal to like etch in some scripture. Also, would you not want to take advice from the guy who's dead? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be following directions from someone who's already passed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Echo is out of the picture. Like he's in the ground and he's just all like, well, this prayer stick. He knows, he, he knew what he was doing. But, but I will say I'm really excited for you to figure out who he is because he's oh, one yeah. of my favorite characters. <laughs> Me too. Like, like there's I we can't I can't spoil anything, but like I think the next episode we'll find out a lot more, and it's gonna I, I like that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, because I I get to meet him, and yeah. then he dies. Yeah. He might have a thicker backstory than Kate does throughout the entire eight seasons right? of Lost Holy in this shit. one episode. Yeah. So I can't wait. For yeah. you guys <laughs> to go through that. Yeah, like, to be honest, I, I really do remember Echo's story, and this is season three, you know what I mean? Like, 
but like Kate's story, like I get it, but I'm at the same at the same time. I think Echo's story resonated a little bit more with me because there's a lot going on. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get to it. Juliet Bangsoy, no Kate Bangsoy. <laughs> I shouldn't say Bang. That's such a weird sounding word. Has relations with. <laughs> They it smashed. was pretty romantic to use the word yeah. bang. I would say it was a pretty lustful yeah. interaction. Yeah, it was. It, and it was, it, they with the music and everything they used for it, it seems like they, they paced it up to make it look like a nice thing, which is, I, it kind of was. I wrote down, they look like they smell really bad. Oh, <laughs> I never thought like, about that. Yeah, like they they're just, damp. they look so damp. They've been in the like the forest for we don't know how long. Yeah. They're in these cages, and like it's a very animalistic moment that they tried to make sweet. Yeah. And then the whole time I was just like, oh, it probably smells so bad. Okay, so you guys are aware of like human pheromones, like they give off pheromones and yeah. stuff like that, right? So like, I, I guess if you're not cleaning yourself, like wouldn't the pheromones be have like a thicker hang on you, like and kind of. Maybe feed into that <laughs> lustful frenzy. Yeah. I don't know what I the fuck. If it's the right ones, yeah. I guess. <laughs> if it's not like a family member, because like they say that too, like because like with, with family members, like their pheromones. Oh like, yeah, don't attract yeah. you, right? Yeah. You're just like, ah, oh, I can't fuck my sister. She smells weird. <laughs> she smells me. Yeah. Uh, guys, this will make sense. We just we need somebody to Google this. I back myself into a weird. <laughs> Weird corner here. Here's the thing about fucking your sister. <laughs> Boy, does she stink. Yeah. If you're going to do it, just plug your nose up. <laughs> I thought that also that it was really, like, didn't... The whole psychology of the Dharma Initiative was, like, with the cages where he's throwing rocks at the machine and then it's going... Zzz, zzz, yeah. and she's like, you know what you have to do? And he's like, yeah, I know. I pushed the lever for food, and he gets all angry at her. What was your take, Chad? (laughs) (laughs) That he's not doing what she wants him to do? She wants those fish biscuits, I know that much. What do you think a fish biscuit is? (laughs) If it was not clear by my innuendo tone. Oh, it's the biscuits that you get from Long John Silver's. (laughs) Everything tastes fishy, though, even if you don't get the fish. It's because it all smells like it. Yeah, and what it was, all goes in the same fryer. What was originally in those cages? Bears. Yeah, Chad knows. Okay. I, that's one of the pieces of lore of Lost that I managed to pick up through cultural osmosis. Okay. I knew bear, smoke monster, numbers. Yeah. <laughs> also, in an episode in later seasons, at some point, Pierre Chang mentions that the people on the, the Hydra station are doing weird experiments where they're Weighing uh, and comparing polar bear turds. Oh, yeah. And he uses the word turds. Which is yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember when we watched that episode, I was like, yeah, there are bears. <laughs> See? Uh, it's a real scientific term, all those polar bear turds. <laughs> mm-hmm. also, a, oh, go ahead. Also, uh, Locke mentions the bears in this episode, too. Oh, uh-huh. I didn't catch that. Because it's like, oh, animal or something. Bears, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not that monster that we all know exists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they even have a discussion about the monster, Saeed and Locke. And, was it just Saeed and Locke? Was anybody else involved? It in was time? just the two of them talking about the monster. Nice. And Saeed's just like, I believe what I can see. Yeah. So he's never had an encounter with the monster up to this point. Oh. Okay, yeah. That's a that's a, that's yeah. a good pickup. I didn't even catch on that. Yeah, I, yes. I got no idea what I'm supposed <laughs> to read into the whole uh, not hitting the uh, biscuits. 
Well, I just, I just think the all of the experiments that they were doing, then to put them in the setting of the experiment again. Uh. I don't know. I just thought it was. It, I thought it was interesting that they had these two opposing cages that could see one another. And then somehow he was responsible for her well-being. Yeah, they never pay that off either. Like, throughout this series, we, we kind of know that these experiments are happening. I guess we don't know the specifics of the experiment. Um, you know, it has to do with our turds <laughs> and fish biscuits. Yeah, they're just calculating how much fish, fish biscuits they're eating per turds that are coming out. <laughs> well, if they're, like, trying to, like, stimulate empathy by making the cages face each other. Mm, no. Well, I think that you can, if we want to try and read too much into that uh, there's the cage that uh, is responsible for feeding and taking care of the other person and then there's the one who's just there and the one who's just there is Kate oh yeah, yeah. but her cage also is the one that she can so easily get out of yeah yeah, yeah how the Which fuck I does she don't, get out of that cage I wonder if that's uh, part of the experiment or a bear fucking wrecked the cage <laughs> <laughs> the bear like broke the lock yeah <laughs> Bears like ginormous, but I guess you can. Make. Also, yeah, she had been working. They'd been working all day, and I would assume she's exhausted. Yeah. But the amount of energy to climb up there, she just had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's... you want some dick, you really want some yeah. dick. This is true, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of the things uh, right right before they start getting down in the show, Sawyer, I Sawyer was apparently withholding information from Kate that they were on a separate island and she was really upset. And what he told her when she asked why he would withhold that information, he said, I wanted you to believe we had a damn chance. Mm. And I thought that was a really interesting phrase for him to use because surface level, it's supposed to be, I wanted you to believe that there was a chance that we would be able to escape. But if you look into the wording of it that we had a chance right mm-hmm. in this world that we've created for ourselves in these polar bear cages like, well i i mostly meant like relationship wise yeah. oh okay yeah 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 i see where because that's what he he wants we yeah. and, and we is such a powerful word in mm-hmm. relationships hell yeah hell yeah 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 and that 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 does kind of bear out and you can kind of see a little bit of the the vulnerability on sawyer's face while he's spewing out not spewing saying that line of dialogue um, you know, so it's strange because we kind of see, we kind of see like a softer side of Sears when it comes to Sawyer this season. Oh, that's a lot of <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's, it, it's, it's nice. It's nice to see him be a little bit more vulnerable throughout as the series progresses, which is, which is awesome. I thought it kind of endeared us a little closer to, to that character when he started off as such a con, you know, or whatever and, and more things about him being a con artist or a con man or whatever it, but you know well we see him be that way throughout the series i like the actual usage of prisoner's dilemma in mm. in this in this episode of just they are actual prisoners yeah. they're actually in a dilemma like textbook you know love triangle will you do this so this you know can kate save jack and sawyer kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And oh, it, that's that's really interesting because when you look at the cages, oh, she's the one that needs to rely on the other cage for food. 
So you think that she's dependent on the other person, but she's actually the one who has the power to decide between Jack and Sawyer which one of them may live or die. Yeah. That is an, that is an interesting yeah. scenario that was set up in this episode. And I felt like they, they did okay by that, um, which is which is which is fine, which is fun to kind of see that whole drama play out. Because um, I remember at the time of the airing of the show, I think now, maybe, I don't know about now, things might be a little bit different, but they had all this mystery and lore and all that. And so they had a good amount of um, viewership, but I think they still wanted, I think the writers still kind of knew that they had to throw in this romantic angle to kind of hook more viewers that were maybe that weren't so into like the mystery or the action sequences they just they needed something more so they had added this other element which came in the form of you know the romantic relationships between these characters but mostly focused on that triangle and then later on it became that quadrangle or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. but it's it's kind of nice to see we had an intense scene in the in the surgery room. Well, even before the surgery, where like Jack everything is, that Jack was doing in this episode was intense. He was yelling most of the dialogue for that character. Every other line was him shouting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I I feel like Jack does. Of course, we we this whole show you can kind of even look at it as a character study in terms of these characters, and, and there's a lot of plot that's happening, but there's a lot of this this character development stuff and character general character stuff so we know that kate's a runner we know that sawyer is still kind of like a little boy he kind of lost his innocence at a young age and he still kind of holds on to that weird little boyness and then we have like jack who is just in a need to fix things so when he finds himself in a place of like emotional pain when he sees that screen of like sawyer and kate cuddled up to each other in that cage like, yeah, he wants, he, he puts it to, to Ben that, yeah, I want to get off the island. But in reality, he just wants something to do with his hands, something to fix so he doesn't have to focus on his pain, which is something we see Jack do throughout the series mm-hmm. where I don't have to worry about dealing with this actual hurt or feeling or anything or dealing with these emotions as long as I can distract myself by fixing something, fixing someone, which is a place that we see Jack in a lot throughout the series. And it's, it's interesting that you point out that's how he deals with his problems because when they're in the cage and Sawyer says to Kate, oh, when you said you loved me, you just said that so they would stop beating me. And she, uh, instead of saying anything, just starts kissing him so he shuts up. Oh, yeah. So that's how she deals with her problems. Yeah. Yeah, so we see a lot of that, which I, I feel makes for good television because, like, you know, like these characters are pretty, are pretty true to their motivations throughout the series so it's not like you have any weird like jump the shark moments or like like jack didn't want to help him but he helped him now he doesn't want to help him you know that kind of thing where he still needs to fix or he needs to fix things it was interesting to see that they showed them post coitus (laughs) cuddled up like just hanging rather than while they were banging Right, AJ? Right. Um, <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, I mean, I feel like it would have elicited an angrier, more intense response mm. from Jack if they would have showed him that mid-bang mm-hmm. versus he's drawing his own conclusions, kind of, mm. of to what happened. He doesn't see the whole romantic encounter unfold. He's just like, oh, they're both naked. I know 
I know the steps yeah, that it takes right. to get here. <laughs> it, could have, it, it could have been like they were just finding solace in each other, right? Yeah. Like he just finger contact. banged her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just... like, what? It was just a little fingering. You guys, yeah. come on. Yeah, no. I mean, well, I like to think it, that it they. It is possible that Ben was trying <laughs> yeah. to catch the midcoitus, and maybe Sawyer just didn't last for that. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That's probably well, what it was. Well, yeah, like he's been in this cage. Like he hasn't had any real privacy. He's not, you know, he's 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 ready to go, uh, you know. But yeah, so it seemed. Yeah, I, that that's a. I'm wondering whether or not that was a choice that they had made, like based on stuff that came out after the show, uh, specifically the uh, the stuff that we've been reading with the interviews with Evangeline Lilly about how she was uncomfortable with like uh, the sex and the nude scenes. Uh, it makes me wonder whether that was a planned choice for them to show the post-coital moment or if it was uh, something where she was just like, I would really like to not be shown getting banged against a cage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which they make seem pretty sexy for yeah. how trapped they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is like, this is... Uh... What are those old romantic novels? Anyway, it's like one of those romantic novels where there's like a Fabio on the cover or whatever. It, it felt like one of those, like that cage scene. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. Also, the door was open. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that like, it was back to the whole psychology of it mm-hmm. of like you're you're free, but why why aren't you running? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like you know that <laughs> we knew what was important to them in that moment. Like I could run to my freedom, or we could fuck, <laughs> and they end up fucking. Which is like if you're the only two people alone on that island after you run somewhere. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just get out yeah. and, you know, just make that the reward. If we get <laughs> off this island, we can fuck. And, like, if, if the desire is still there, which it will be, because, you know, it's it's a thing that was building up for, what, three seasons now? Also, yeah. all, the, all those pheromones. <laughs> <laughs> all those... All those wonderful stinky pheromones. That's a thing, right? Like they it used is, to like is. the whole handkerchief thing from like the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> oh man, they I'm digging myself so deep. Pheromone spray on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a quick story uh, to tell. I don't know if I told you guys this one already, but uh, whatever. Like um, when I was in high school, I was a part of this agri-science class where we would grow plants. In the in the garden that we had, there would always be these fruit flies. So what the teacher did was um, he had bought this vial of fruit fly pheromones and we would put it in these um these makeshift bug catchers that would make so it would be like a a pepsi a plastic pepsi bottle or something like that we would put the pheromones would drip just like a single drop on like a cotton swab and then like put this cotton swab in the thing and then we would put a bunch of powdered poison inside the the pepsi bottle so the fruit fly would fly in because it's because it it's attracted to the pheromone bounce around hit the poison and die um, I remember sneaking some out in a Tic Tac vial. Wait, and poison? No, 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 the, the pheromones. Oh. So I ended up sneaking like a, like a whole Tic Tac thing full of pheromones. And my whole thing was like, oh shit, I'm like a senior. I haven't done any senior <laughs> pranks yet. I got to get my prank on. So what I did was I went back to my buddies who didn't have the class and I was all like, you guys ever hear about, like, pheromones or, like, girls? <laughs> so this is something you've been on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really into pheromones, you guys. No, so, like, I, I told AJ my... is a doctor of the olfactory sciences. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I told I told a few buddies of mine, I was like, you guys got to try this. This is a new cologne. Basically, <laughs> it's got female-attractant pheromones it'll attract women to. And, like, 
being teenage dudes and you the know women will be uh, all over you like flies yeah so then they put on they put on like they start slathering the stuff on on their neck <laughs> there's like four of us and then and like we're sitting on to lunch outside and then um somebody goes have you seen a fly like that and it's a fruit fly and it's like it just starts to hover and then like all these other fruit flies are coming <laughs> and like you you get like you see regular flies like flies but yeah. then you see fruit flies and then there's these rainbow colored things that start popping up and then so um, my buddies are eating lunch and there's just all these fruit flies around our table and it's just me laughing my ass off. And then my question is, were you sitting in the cloud of flies with them? <laughs> I was, but like Thank you. knowingly, <laughs> I was like, I know exactly what's happening. And then like watching them like piece together, like what the fuck is happening? Because it's just us and our lunches, which have no fruit because we're being fed by like Uncle Ben Kayotama or whatever the fuck at the time. <laughs> and then it was just like, um, I remember telling them like, oh yeah, that's, that's fruit fly pheromones. And they're like, I got my senior prank in, but those dudes didn't talk to me for like two weeks. <laughs> and then after it was like, we're cool. But still though, you gave us fruit fly pheromones <laughs> to slather on as cologne and fucked with us. They were uh, your friends. <laughs> I was like, come on, we're friends. In, in your defense... Maybe you didn't expect it to slather it on. <laughs> I was expecting like maybe a drop or two. Yeah. And then they were just going yeah. to town. That Tic Tac vial was empty. And like all we oh, needed wow. was a single drop for their, to, you know, to put it on those makeshift traps that we were making. Did any women approach you? Oh, they, they did not. I think they steered clear because of all the fucking fruit flies. <laughs> like, who, who's going by those guys? That's the fucking fruit fly gang. It's like the guy from Peanuts. <laughs> Instead of a cloud of dirt, it's yeah. it's it's not pig pen. Yeah. It's just, you know, fruit fly it's pen. A, it's a cloud of flies with three guys sitting in the middle confused. And <laughs> one guy just sitting there smiling. Fruit fly, OG. Just me smiling like what a really like, what a scamp smile you have. Like... <laughs> Come on, guys. You know what this is. We're all going to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> they all left that day, like, walking taller, like, I'm going to fuck. Me and my 18 cloud of flies, buddy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was, there are so many flies. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> so, so many. So, uh, coming back to the episode, uh, one of the things that I noticed that happened, uh, they wanted to take Kate to go and talk to Jack, presumably, uh, and leave uh, Sawyer there. But because uh, Kate was like, no, we have to go everywhere together, they actually ended up going to work. Because she mentioned, Sawyer breaks rocks, and I haul them. Not five minutes later on the show, they're both breaking rocks. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah and then... Um... There's a slingshot, which we all know is the most, um, (laughs) it's the best weapon if if you're a small woman. It's the most biblical of weapons. Oh, this is true. Yeah, yeah. Other than just the rock, I would say. (laughs) Which we've also seen murder people on this show. Yeah. 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 It's a real Dennis the Menace, like, type of device to use. Um, but yeah, we see, we see that slingshot. It's in the hand of, um, what's her name? Alex. Alex. I'm wondering whether this is the first time we've seen Alex, because that would be great. Oh, like that's, <laughs> that's our, our introduction our to her. <laughs> that would have been, yeah, that would be awesome. That would kind of fit, you know, yeah, I could see that being her yeah. character introduction. Showing up with a slingshot. Yeah, um, being all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah. 
so there's there was a lingering shot as they were dragging Alex away, and she said, "Don't listen. They'll kill your boyfriend just like they killed mine." Yeah. And there's a lingering shot of uh, Kate with Sawyer in the background, and I'm guessing we're supposed to be thinking. If she's thinking about Sawyer or Jack, ah, mm-hmm. oh. absolutely. I see. But where were you in this whole debate? What were you? I, where were you folks throughout the series? Or for now, like, who do you? Who would you rather have ended up with between your choices? <laughs> Wait, us or Kate? Oh uh, well, who would you rather Kate end up with? Okay, because I was like, so those are two different way. questions. Yeah, yeah, that's a weird <laughs> question. I pose. Sorry. I think my. Uh, can I answer? Please. Um, I, well, I had my answer, but then you said that, and now I'm, <laughs> now I'm like, yeah, it kind of goes into, I think that Jack overall is the more, on paper, the guy that you'd want to choose. He's a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> End of list. He's not a yeah. felon? I don't know. Um, He's a doctor, not a con artist. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that's a pretty good that's list pretty right good. there. Yeah. Seems like something say... somebody from Star Trek would scream out. Yeah. I'm a doctor, man, not a converse. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Uh, so he's a doctor. Okay. I don't know. But also, he, the way that you said earlier, he's a fixer, so he kind of doesn't deal with his emotions. I think they're both emotionally unavailable. Sure. But I think Sawyer opens himself up throughout the series, yeah. and I think Jack actually closes himself off mm. throughout that's the series. That's a good point. I think... At the beginning, we see Jack kind of with an open heart, open mind. And in this episode, I mean, it's only season three, so it's kind of in that transitioning point of where Sawyer is becoming, has more of a heart, and Jack is becoming more of a closed-off entity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, and like, well, time, that, I, I think the thing with uh, the two of them is not only that, but uh, also uh, Jack is... Uh, like you said, emotionally unavailable. Uh, he like actively tries to repress his emotions by working on stuff. I don't think that Sawyer is trying to be unavailable or repressive. I think that he's just emotionally stunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. of the trauma that he suffered in his childhood, right? Losing his parents, mm-hmm. Batman style, um, <laughs> which I'm assuming is a style, <laughs> you know, a way to lose your parents. Like, sorry guys, I lost my parents. It, it's Batman like getting style. Uh, in and out burger animal, animal style. style. <laughs> I'd like to have my parents murdered, Batman style. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Chad. It does it does seem like like he's emotionally stunted, and um, you know, Batman style. Batman style. So, would you guys rather have a partner who's emo- emotionally stunted or emotionally unavailable? I'll take the stunted, and I'll take the yeah. stunted for one simple reason that like it's you can still there's still open there's still more of an angle to work within that person because their heart isn't totally right. closed off you know if you have someone that you can't work with who's just closed off their heart then that, that's that's tough that's tough to maintain a mutual relationship on any level you know friendship or romantic or whatever well i don't know that's that's, that's my opinion what do you guys think yeah i feel the same way and i think that like the the closed off thing that's more of an intentional choice that, that someone's making to not be open with you whereas if they're stunted they can't but they probably want to oh yeah. so there's a wrinkle there so you think there's more there's more leeway that can be assigned to the that that form the stunted form versus yeah. the closed there's up. more room for growth definitely yeah yeah, I yeah same 
So so you'd go with stunted, stunted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And because hopefully you you can help a stunted person grow. Uh, trying to help someone who's intentionally closing themselves off is a lot harder. I feel like because you're trying to convince them that something that they feel like they should be doing is like you're telling them to stop it, change. Right. Yeah. Whereas the other one, you're trying to help them grow, which is also change, but it's a different kind of change you're asking for. Sure. Different attachment styles, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can see, too, that these two men, like, um, we, we get a chance to get more acquainted with these characters over the course of the series. But these two men, like, yeah, one is stunted, one is closed off, and they're very much so both the products of their fathers. Like, um, well, Sawyer is more so the product of the absent of his father and his father being absent and then like Jack is the product of his father um, in the sense that like he's a fixer probably because like his dad was hard on him like throughout the series we kind of see those instances where Jack's dad would make comments about him operating and would um, in some of the episodes that we've already seen we see where Jack's dad kind of was dressing him down in, in the surge, in the operating room and all that stuff, and he ends up having an argument. He even takes on qualities of his dad later on in the series where he turns to, to alcohol and, you know, any kind of other pills to kind of distract himself or to blot out whatever feelings, so he doesn't have to feel them. He's an avoidant lover, whereas yeah. Sawyer is a, an anxious lover, perhaps? or may, That's not the word I'm looking for. What's the other style? He's not secure. Yeah, anxious. He has an anxious attachment. He's scared everyone's going to leave. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that's exactly right. That seems, well, yeah, it seems correct. Like, the whole, his whole method of being is, he's, we see it with him, even with this whole con man persona. It's to reject people before they can reject him, basically. That's, that's the whole way that he's lived his life on the island. He has a whole stash of porn and some super expensive whiskey, you know, that he keeps for himself. All this stuff that he chooses not to share i think we kind of come to a, a, a crossroads with that character when um hurley kind of steps into that picture or steps into the uh and steps steps into the picture to kind of give him that nudge that we see in the other episode where he brings like a pig back to the island for everybody to eat and um you know he starts doing good things within but kind of at the at the nudgings of, of hurley a little bit so he starts getting there with just a little bit of help, which is kind of like kind of great because you know that that Sawyer is kind of almost there. He just needed to be tipped into that leadership role yeah. or whatever. He just needed a little nudge and also to go back to the seventies. Yeah, <laughs> where he blooms <laughs> as Lafleur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it works. It oh works shit! Up. He blooms as, as Lafleur, right? Because yeah. like that was his fucking <laughs> secret name. Oh, lost you. That was also the last episode I was on. (laughs) That's right. I remember. Mind blow. It's all connected. (laughs) It's time to start wrapping up. Cool. Yeah. Oh, wait. One thing before we wrap up is like, um, you notice that they said that that Jack asked Kate during that one scene, we're like, oh, they're having us work on something. It's really big. And like, I know we're kind of getting to the ends. We know what that is. It's the landing strip that doesn't come back until like season six or fucking something like that right because like they're building the landing strip to clear up to clear all that land to make a place for the plane to land right oh was it was it something different i i had no idea i just wrote working on something big because i was wondering what the fuck were they working on i've watched the rest of the show so (laughs) here's what i can i 
Please. Yeah. When I heard they were working on something big and they were breaking those rocks, mm. I thought back to that very big statue. Oh, yeah. you thought they were building the statue? Well, have we? Is that I don't because they're still in the seven. Not now. No. Oh, no, they're, they're present, present day. Now. Yeah. Oh, then never mind. <laughs> never mind. Maybe they're building a second statue. <laughs> they're Definitely. building a likeness yeah. of. Just oh. kidding, your theory's better. <laughs> I thought maybe they were building another pit for some reason. I don't oh, know. Yeah. What was it? Dead bodies. Yeah, they were going to have yeah. another mass explosion. Oh, yeah. See, that would have been a fun little thing. But I swear they're 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 clearing out land. Like, all that rock breaking and yeah. tree smashing and all yeah. that. That yeah, makes it, a lot more yeah. sense. Yeah. That's what it looked like they were doing. They were yeah. clearing the land. Because so, we see, like, a partially done like a uh, landing ship and i think it is on the second island in that season where the ajura airlines flight lands mm-hmm. kind of gets fucked up but like yeah that that's i think that's what that's for but like i i i kind of remember really yeah. so like could have been those other things i don't know yeah we'll, we'll get more into it later i think in another yeah. episode yeah that that's all i wanted to yeah. did you have anything else rebecca um i just thought it was interesting that when that she left her relationship and ended things with Kevin because he got her a trip to Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Yeah. Usually, I mean, because I think she just, that's where she comes to a point. She's like, oh, I am a felon. I have to face this. This is my reality. Um, but I just think that, like, a really cool honeymoon to Costa Rica was the breaking point for her to poison <laughs> the guy that she supposedly loves. Right. Usually right. when someone's like, oh. free trip to Costa Rica, I'm like, oh, let's I didn't Did think you? that it was the uh, the Costa Rica trip. I thought uh, the thing that triggered her was when he mentioned get your passport. Oh. Yeah. Like she might not have all of the documents for her fake identity. Right, but to oh. go to Costa Rica. I mean, yeah, everything yeah. that is involved with going to mm-hmm. Costa Rica. Yeah, for sure. She was like, oh shit, I'm not Monica. I'm more of a... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> more of a Rachel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were already living in Miami and Costa Rica climate-wise isn't too big of a change. Yeah. I wanted to go somewhere like... Kevin is very much into tropical Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> what a dickhead. No, <laughs> Surprised he didn't come back at any point. Well, I guess not yeah. surprised. It was a one-off. I don't think we've mentioned it. It's Nathan Fillion in this <laughs> yeah. episode. Yeah. It was like, this was in 2006. I think the other thing that he was like in was probably like Slither. You know what I mean? Yeah, because is... yeah, Castle didn't start until like what? Uh, the late aughts, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like old nine or something, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And I think this is coming off of the heels of um, maybe Serenity was in 05. and and then before that there's like uh, Firefly from two thousand two to two thousand four yeah. or something. So it was they, in the last couple seasons of Two Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so that was all that <laughs> stuff he was part. Who did he play in that? Um, he was one of the guys. Was he one of the guys? No. <laughs> I would have been. I would have believed I he was. I'm so gullible. He was, he was a fireman. Yeah, he was oh. the girl's husband. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, cool. I just gave that answer because yeah. it was sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> it fit. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, that girl played by Trailer Howard, who was also in Dirty Work, mm-hmm. and also in Monk Two, right? Yeah, in Monk, Monk, not Monk Two, the sequel. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Monk, she was two, Monk 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Monk 2. You're thinking of The Son of the Mask, which she, she was also in. <laughs> what? Yeah. How do you know this so much about this one actress? Uh, well, he knows the dirty work thing yeah. because he had a podcast. Oh, about. right. Okay, okay. So I have to n- track everyone's career from that. <laughs> <laughs> Just for stuff to talk about yeah. sometimes. Uh, 
I wonder, like, if you ever found, if you ever, like, just happened to bump into one of these people, like, at a coffee place, and you're like, hey, you're in Son of the Mask, and also Dirty Workman. <laughs> like, really obscure credits. Yeah. Would you rather have someone bring up your obscure credits or your well-known Ooh. credits? If they were obscure, I'd be like, I don't know. I feel like there's a knife coming towards my neck and <laughs> at some point in time. Like, you know way too much about my career. Like, Ron Funches, for instance, does, he does. he's the voice on Trolls, but uh, he's also, like, Ron Funches, yeah. you know, from yeah. Undateable. He has so many credits, so it's like, where would you, what, what would you choose? Mm. That's a good one. What would you choose for Ron Funches? Probably... Oh, what was that really shitty superhero show that he was oh, on? Oh, yeah. Um, it was it was the one with... Um, uh, like Abed Community. was on there, too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, something Danny Pudi yeah. was on yeah. there. And uh, uh, the High School Musical girl. Yeah. Ashley oh. Tisdale? No. The other one. The, the scandal one. Hudgens. Hudgens. Oh, she's the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that, that show was not very good at all. Explain the premise of the show. Uh... Because I saw one episode. Vanessa Hudgens is uh, someone from a small town that uh, is really excited to be moving to a city that has superheroes. She's working for a division of uh, Wayne Tech where this specific division, what they do is make consumer-grade products to help protect people from accidents that happen in a city that has superheroes. Her boss is uh, Wash from Firefly. Two of her three-person R&D team is Ron Funches, Danny Pudi, and I don't remember the name of the comedian, uh, the female comedian that is also a member of the team. Solid. Yeah. I, it, sounded, it sounds like such a good premise, but yeah. like it seems and so... it has the greatest credit sequence. Yeah. Because the credit sequence, they show all like uh, DC Comics covers, and then they zoom in on the bystanders in the background. Who decided, like, <laughs> we want to know these stories? What's going on in, like, Joe Peabody's life mm-hmm. while, like, Batman is off, like, smashing up gargoyles on the top of God? I really like that show. I'm sad that it's canceled, <laughs> but I'm not going to say it was for any fucking good. <laughs> but I would totally mention that show to him if I could remember the name. Because I would be like, you were really good on that show. Because then you show you're a true fan that you've been following yeah. the career. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, I can see that. Like, that's the same reason why I love Ghosted. Like, it's a shitty show. <laughs> and, like, But, like, I still love that show. Uh. But we can all agree that Lost is the best show. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I love this show. We'll check back with you, Chad, after we finish the whole series. <laughs> I can tell you this. If I had been watching it in the right order, I probably wouldn't be as angry about the love triangle. <laughs> no, you <Yeah>. would. <laughs> <laughs> Easter eggs? Yeah, I only wrote down one. It was uh, the grocery store that Kate goes to for a taco night. It's the Times on Veritania. Oh. Yeah. The one by Grace's. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We, we said that before we started recording. So I was like, this is new information. <laughs> yeah, Chad identified that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the Times that yeah, it was. So. I see. Did it have the uh, the fake Times logo that we saw later? No, that one just said Times. Tim's or Tom- something. Yeah, Tim's, later on yes. they changed it to Tim's and not the E off. And they're like, we don't have to work too Clever, hard. Clever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The production department was like, fuck this. We don't want to... They told us we couldn't take it down, and we're not putting a green screen over it. Budget yep, they is just covered kinda... up yeah. part of the E to make it look like an apostrophe. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tim's. All right, so uh, another segment that we like to do at the end of the show is what, what are we getting lost in? Um, I've been getting lost in Trailer Howard's Wikipedia page. That's all I have to come for this one. <laughs> 
so check that out. Uh, wait, give us give us a couple of highlights out of that Wikipedia. Um, I, I hit everything I know about her. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, she was also on a sitcom, one of her first uh, roles uh, on Boston Common, uh-huh. which is a show that I think only lasted a season. Trailer, if you're listening, yeah. lock your doors, yeah. please. There is a very, very interested David K. Jones. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Please keep no, no, I, yeah, that's all. I, I used to watch that show on the USA Network. They would play reruns at like six in the morning when I would get up for school. Holy shit! Yeah. I see. Nice, I see. nice. I don't know whether or not I've talked about this before, uh, but I feel like even if I have, it bears repeating. If you have a library card, you can borrow ebooks from the library. <laughs> you can get books to read without having to leave your house. That's amazing. So, what have you been reading recently? Uh, The last thing that I read was uh, Red Shirts by John Scalzi. I think that I did talk about that specific Mm, book on uh, things that I've been getting lost in recently. I borrowed a whole bunch of things uh, when we're getting ready for the hurricane, and I never ended up reading anything. (laughs) Because I was just like, I'm going to watch TV until the power goes out. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, my power went out for like a hot second, and then I came back, back on, and I was like, all right, we're getting this PlayStation Right up and running one more time. <laughs> Do your worst, Hurricane. That's funny. Uh, what have you been getting lost in? I've been getting lost in attachment styles, which I brought up on the <laughs> podcast today, but I just read a really good book about it called Attached, and yeah. just learning about uh, how people relate to one another and how to be better at it. <laughs> I'm getting lost in that. That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. Um, I've been getting lost... Oh, we're talking about books, and this is kind of yeah, this is kind of in sync with that. I've been getting lost in a lot of Stephen King shit. <laughs> I don't know, like I'm watching that show, so like I'm I'm like reading all this stuff. But um, I've been reading Stephen King's The Gunslinger, uh, which is like a 1987 book. But um, it's the first, I think, in the Dark Tower series that Stephen King kind of produced over like a set. I think it's over a set of seven books, but it's like his. It's a long series. Yeah, it's like his epic. Have you read it? No. Uh, well, yeah, I haven't read it either. The f- I, I wanted to wait for yeah. it to get done before I started reading it. Wow. And then I heard that they were making a movie, so I'm like, no, I'm going to watch the movies. <laughs> That's so much easier than reading seven books. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie. I heard that I heard fans, it's not very good. Yeah, I didn't care yeah. for it too much. But, yeah, the book is the book is fun. It's very, seems like a different type of book because the setting isn't Earth, like where it starts out, and um, which is kind of different. From- Have you read the series before? Never until oh. until now. So like I I, I kind of have a, a general idea of what the series is. Let us know when it starts getting really meta. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I know that part. I know the part you're talking about. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting there. We'll see what happens. But um, but yeah. So Stephen King's works, starting with The Gunslinger. So that's what I've been kind of getting lost in. I've just been like fucking pounding the shit out of that book. <laughs> and by I say pounding, I mean like listening to it audibly while I'm working. Like it's just coming over my Bluetooth. Hey, you, you know where else you can get audiobooks from? The <laughs> library app. <laughs> it was. It would probably be cheaper for me to go that route. Because it's free. Yeah, because it's free. Versus the Audible where I pay money also, for it. Also, you can't get charged late fees for returning things late because they just take it off your tablet. <laughs> they still just they just do it? Yeah. That's like, incredible. You don't have to return it. They're just like, nope, that's ours. Yeah. Wow. I always feel like, and this is probably not true at all, especially in today's time, but I always feel like 
the library doesn't have the books I want. Like I have to go to like Barnes and Nobles or something mm-hmm. to get like what I'm what I'm looking for. Like I don't want to find. Well, they probably would have a book from 1987. That's some weird sci-fi. Novel. A lot of times, the stuff that uh, I've been downloading from the library, it's not the first book that I want by an author, but it's just like uh, that's on the wait list. That's on the wait list. That's on the wait list. Oh, this is available. I'll take that. I see. Yeah, that's that's doable. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do that. That's such a more inexpensive way to to book, to book with books. Yeah. Reading. <laughs> so uh, now that they've listened to you, hopefully all three times that you've been on this podcast, if someone wants to find you on the internet, uh, how would they look you up, Rebecca? Please only come looking for me on the internet. <laughs> um, at Becca Robs on Twitter. And then at Becca Robs underscore on Instagram wow. because someone's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Report that other account so I can have it. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. At Becca Robs. Yeah, I see. Um, all right. And uh, Chad, where can we find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chad underscore Wago uh, because uh, Chad Wagoner still has <laughs> at Chad Wago. Fucking asshole. <laughs> You know what I hear is like a fun thing that people do on Twitter is like when that name is taken, they'll just spell out that name and put an underscore at the end. Because like mm-hmm. when you're typing it into search, then like it'll still pull up the original name haver and then your name will be underneath with the underscore next to it. I've, I don't know. I've spent 30 episodes telling people chat underscore yeah. model. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. Yeah, I feel you. I'm not going to change anything. No. Where Dave? do we find you? Oh, well, yeah. Where can yeah. we find Dave? You can find me at DKJ Comedy. Perfect. Um, I didn't even check to see if David K. Jones was taking it. <laughs> you just assumed. You're yeah. like, that's a, that's a, it's a pretty, that's a pretty, it's yeah. a pretty good name. All right, you can find me over at adms 3 um, over on Twitter, which is a very tough name. But you can also follow our show at uh, What Bro Pod on Twitter. Also, we have uh, What Bro Pod on Instagram, and What's Up with That Bro on Facebook. We also have an email and all that good stuff. What's up with that bro podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, send us anything on that email. It's just, it's just whatever. Just yeah. send an email do you, at Do you even whatever. check that email? Um, and I have it so I would get an alert if an email came in. Oh, oh okay. So there's so, no man. been no reason to check. <laughs> Damn, Please. I wanted to answer a pressing question yeah. from the fans. Yeah. Please give David a reason to check. <laughs> Ask your pressing questions. Yeah. Uh. Or just send me, a, send me a blank That's email just too. to let me know you're there. Or yeah. good lost gifs. Yeah. Yeah. Just just straight up lost gifs like through like email every day. I wish somebody Wait, are, would do are that. we just acting like this is acceptable? <laughs> <laughs> it's gifs. <then. laughs> Let's have that argument right now. Uh, That's great. Oh. Yeah, I don't need to have that argument. <laughs> you, you know the answer. <laughs> like, we both know what the answer is, and we both have different answers. <laughs> uh, choosy moms, choose yeah. gift. Well, everybody, thank you for listening, and I will see you next week. And that's another episode in the can. You know what to do. Get lost! Get lost!